Chapter 1 I could think of three good reasons for not going to Moscow, one of which was twenty-six, blonde, and upstairs unpacking her suitcase. I can't speak Russian, I said. Of course not. My visitor took a genteel sip of pink gin, sighing slightly over my obtuseness. His voice was condescending. No one would expect you to speak Russian. He had come by appointment, introduced on the telephone by the friend of a friend. He said his name was Rupert Hughes Beckett, that it was a matter of some uh, delicacy, that he would be glad of my help if I could spare him half an hour. The word Mandarin had drifted into my mind when I opened the front door to his ring, and every gesture, every intonation since then had deepened the impression. A man of about fifty, tall and spare, with uncreased clothes and quiet shoes. An aura of unflappable, civilised composure. A cultivated voice speaking without much lip movement, as if a muscular tightening round the mouth area could in itself prevent the issue of incautious words. There was control, too, in every movement of his hands, and even in the way he used his eyes, rationing their forays into small courteous glances at my background, between longer disciplined concentrations on my face, the backs of his own hands, or the glass holding his drink. I had met many men of his type, and liked many, too. But to Rupert Hughes Beckett I felt an antipathy I couldn't pin down. Its effect, however, was all too plain. I wished to say no to his proposals. It would not take a great deal of your time, he said patiently. A week, two weeks, we calculate, at a maximum. I mustered a careful politeness to match his own. Why don't you go yourself, I said. You would have better access than I. The faintest hint of impatience twitched in his eyes. It is thought better to send someone who is intimate with uh, horses. Ribald replies got no further than a laugh in the mind. Rupert Hughes Beckett would not have been amused. I perceived also, from the disapproving way he said, uh, horses, that he was as unenthusiastic about his present errand as I was. It did nothing to warm me towards him, but at least it explained why I instinctively disliked him. He had done his well-trained best, but hadn't, in that one word, been able to disguise his inner feeling of superciliousness, and I'd met that stance far too often to mistake it. No cavaliers in the foreign office? I said flippantly.